shop on eBay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear. And on eBay, you can even get more <gasps> bling for less cha-ching on jewelry. You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. With 24-7 support and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, this is Sam with Wrestling Overtime, and this is your news and thoughts for February 19th, 2021. It's Friday, and this is part one. A wrestling observing newsletter stated that Bo Dallas is still continuing to show up for every show that he is supposed to. They still don't have any creative ideas for him. And he's still getting paid by WWE, which is all great and everything. But they talked about how Bo Dallas and Liv Morgan have now started a farm together. And that they run it all the time during the week, and they're getting ready to start a real estate business together. Now, Dave Metzler didn't say anything about whether or not Bo Dallas had obtained his real estate license yet or not. However, if you follow Liv Morgan on social media, she has been posting pictures, I don't know, probably the last couple weeks I know of, of her starting to study for the real estate exam, and she said you, it's never too early to have a plan B, that you never know when you may need one. And, you know, when you think about it, you think about what happened to Daniel Bryan, what happened to Edge, what happened to Paige, with their neck injuries, Nikki Bella, you know, she also went into real estate, as you saw on Total Bellas, Total Divas, what, whatever. But that's the thing. You do want to have some kind of backup plan. And I really like it that they have came together and figured that out as far as running a farm together and then going into real estate. Now, Wrestling Observer newsletter also said it's not a hundred percent clear where WWE is going to place Davy Boy Smith Jr. But they have already thought a lot about it. Um there are a lot of different rumors out there about where he could go. Personally, I would hope that he would go on the main roster. However, um, I don't know. It's being rumored a lot that 
NXT UK is being thought of possibly being the spot for him. And granted, I I know that he has ties to that country. I don't want to downplay that or anything. And maybe he is needed there more. I don't know. Um, I would think he would be needed more on the main roster. However, WWE has a way of kind of discounting everything you did before and trying to strip all of that away from you and teach you the WWE way. So maybe that's what they have in mind, sending him to NXT UK, teaching him the WWE way, and then bringing him over. I don't know. I guess we'll kind of have to wait and see. Uh, Dave Metzler said on Wrestling Observer Live that uh, they're also that the angle that was going, I guess, before the end of the year between Aaliyah and Buddy Murphy has definitely been dropped. Um, it's something that they're not interested in pursuing. I, I kind of felt that way. Um, I don't know if you did. Uh, there were a lot of rumors out there that seemed to be that once Seth Rollins came back, that it was going to be continued. I think that it was going to possibly somewhat be continued until both Dominic and Ray came down with COVID-19. And when they couldn't travel the whole month of December, Aaliyah didn't travel the whole month of December, which kind of left Murphy out in no man's land. And then when it was decided that at the very first of the year, Seth Rollins wasn't coming back, I think they really didn't have a story. Um, there's not going to be a storyline explanation behind it, according to Dave Metzler, that um, he, quote, said, I guess they had no idea where to take it and thus dropped it, unquote. And I truly believe that. Um, I don't think that it was really hard, if they wanted to keep it, to say they were spending the holidays together and bring them back in January. However, like Aaliyah said, she wasn't one contract. She was on a per-appearance basis contract. And, you know, she's got school and, and other things kind of to do. So... I don't know how interested she was in continuing it. And I don't know where it would have taken Murphy. The only problem with it is, now what do you do with him? He was out there when Seth Rollins came out, made his speech, and did the Embrace the Vision speech. But where exactly does he fit in now? Are they going to, you know have him stay off a couple months, reinvent him, rebook him, you know, come back and resell him? What what exactly are they going to do? And since we were speaking 
about Davy Boy Smith Jr. We know he is more than likely not going to be part of the new NXT class that they've got coming in. But it is said that WWE has their eye on bringing in Adam Maxton, um, who could be looking at possibly trying his hand at WWE wrestling. He is about 6'3", 235 pounds, and he's an Irishman that's in pretty good shape. And he was on UK's reality show, Love Island. And after he got done filming that, then I guess he kind of went into wrestling over there, training a little bit. They're not having a lot of live shows over there. And so I don't know how much training and how much actual ring time he's gotten. But think about it. Um, WWE um, has The Miz, and he was a reality TV star on MTV's The Real World. So look how that's turned out. So, you know, maybe this guy will work out if he is part of their, their class and works hard and just has that burning desire that The Miz had. If you watch The Real World that season, I'm sure it's on demand somewhere. If you go back and you watch that season, that's all he talks about. He's cutting promos left and right to the TV. He's even got a um, fake championship belt, and he calls himself The Miz. So if this guy is even half as passionate as The Miz was, I'm sure he'll make it, and we'll fall in love with him just like we did The Miz. Now, one thing that I did kind of find surprising on Kurt Angle's podcast this week was he talked about transitioning from being an Olympic gold medalist to a pro wrestler. And he talked about how he actually didn't take WWE's first deal. He said that um, Vince had been talking to his, his lawyer, his agent, and said that he wanted to meet him. And he said that he flew in and Vince done it up completely right. You know, got the limo, first class, you know, did the dinner, um, everything, took him around headquarters. And, and he said that he was impressed. He said, and then, you know, they sat down and they talked to Vince. And Vince McMahon wanted to lock him into basically a decade-long deal. Yes, you heard me right. He wanted him to sign a 10-year deal. And Kurt Angle told him at the end of the meeting that, yes, he was very interested, but he couldn't sign right this time, that he needed to think about it, and he needed to talk to people in his life. And Vincent, you know, that was fine. But he said that most people in his life, including his agent, didn't want him to go into pro wrestling. And he said that he kind of understood that. 
And one of the things that his agent said and different people around him said was you don't go from being an, an ambassador basically for the United States as a gold medalist directly to WWE that that's kind of something you just don't slide into. Um he kind of hinted at it. I I wonder if at that time when they were thinking about bringing Kurt Angle in, you know, was it that they felt that pro wrestling was fake, that it was a step down, that maybe he would be made fun of or something like that? I I mean, I don't know. Because he said that he ended up not signing at that time. They tore up a guaranteed $5 million contract from WWE for 10 years. And he talked about how that was really good money at the time. And he wasn't afraid to say that the contract that WWE offered him the second time when he was ready to start professional wrestling wasn't nearly as lucrative as that first one. And, you know, I can, I can understand that because when he actually did come in, then he wasn't the Olympic gold medalist. He was a Olympic gold medalist. And for Vince McMahon, that little article from the to a, um, you know, that's a drop in millions of dollars, and I can, you know, I can see Vince doing that. And, of course, the WWE um, had Kurt Angle for his first run, and then he went to TNA and then came back to WWE again for his second run and retired. So, you know, he had a good career with them, and, and hopefully he's happy if he's not, then hopefully he goes somewhere where he is. Um, then the next news story that I have, I thought after all this time was uh, a little strange, I guess. Seamus, when he spoke to Pro7 Max, revealed that after a match, he rarely gets any sleep. He said that most of the time, he doesn't get any, and if he does, it's two, three hours. He said it's because his adrenaline is still pumping so high that it's very hard for him to get back to normal in order to go to sleep. He just, he can't do it. He said so every Monday night, he's up, and he's just kind of waiting for all of that adrenaline to make him crash because he said even with there not being fans there that he still gets that excited and pumped up for his matches and I found that so so interesting now switching over a little bit to AEW on AEW is unrestricted which is their podcast um Vicky Guerrero was interviewed, and she 
talk very briefly about her daughter, Shaw Guerrero. And you guys will remember that I did a special wrestling overtime podcast um, about her and Dax Shepard. And, or not Dax Shepard, Dax Hardwood. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, and she talked about how much pressure Shaw was under and how WWE, when they put her in FCW, she eventually got and developed an eating disorder and she felt like that was the only way she had control. And she didn't really go into it. I hope one day Shaw feels comfortable enough to sit down with someone and allow them to interview her and her talk and maybe not make it public, but at least make it available to wrestling companies that they can show younger wrestlers or wrestlers coming into their uh, program or their company about what she felt. Because you hear so many wrestlers talk about pressure they feel. And when they're asked, well, what did the company say or what did whoever say? And they'll tell you it, it it's not always the company or one person. It's everyone, or you feel it, or you compare yourself to others, or it's even fans. And I've seen it myself. Uh, if you get one certain wrestlers, especially female wrestlers, um, social media, they can be brutal. I mean, absolutely brutal. I've seen posts where it's actually on their site. I don't know why they don't just delete it. I guess it would make the person who made the comment even worse, or they're afraid it would make them worse. I don't know why they don't mute them or block them or whatever. But when you're 125 pounds as a wrestler, or you're 130 pounds as a wrestler, and a fan comes on and says, you need to lift weights and lose about 20. You know, that's demeaning. But also, that would make them look like Riho in AEW. She's 98 pounds. Do you want all women's wrestlers to be 100 pounds or 105 pounds? If you do, go watch something else. Go watch gymnastics. Go, go watch something where they are. Because they don't need to be. If anything, they probably need to gain more weight. And I know some of you are listening and saying, more weight, what? Well, yeah, because if they're 125 pounds, think if they added 10 pounds of muscle or they added, you know, 20 pounds or a solid 20 pounds to their body, 
they would still be underweight for the normal American woman. And I think that's what I laugh at is um, – and I have wrote that before um, on certain wrestlers when people will say, you need to lose about 20 pounds. So you want them to be 100 pounds? You want them to look like Rhea. And I even had one guy come back at me and say, well, no. Do you know that they weigh 120 pounds and you just told them to drop 20? So they're going to be 100 pounds. Well, no, I didn't know they were 120 pounds. They just look kind of thick. Well, okay, they may look that way because they're around other women that are 115, 120, 125 pounds. They may actually have curves. Or maybe they're 10 pounds heavier than some of the women they're around. But I I hope that none of the fans that are listening to this podcast actually do that. Or if you do, stop. Uh, I am excited about this news when I saw it. I wanted to do my happy dance. Heath Slater, finally, after, what, two months? has found a surgeon who can do all three surgeries he needs at once. He had found three doctors that could do three different surgeries, but they all could not agree on when and in what order and how long stuff needed to heal before the next surgery and all of that. And so he found additional doctors and and that's people have been, you know, tweeting at Heath or, or Instagram him. That's where I've been seeing it the most, Instagram. People have been saying, When are you coming back? And Heath has answered some of them and said, Dude, I haven't even had my surgery yet. Um but he's finally found a doctor who is going to do all of his surgeries at once. That way he rehabs all at once. They heal all at once. And his surgery is scheduled for March 1st. So then he'll have to heal and then rehab. And so he is hoping – He, I think he was probably getting to the point where – he didn't know if he was going to even wrestle this year. He has a sports hernia on the left side of his, like, hip bone. He has another hernia on the right side. He has a rip in his abdomen wall on both sides. And his abductor muscle is ripped completely off the bone and so he needs three surgeries desperately to get all this fixed and then heal and then start rehabbing so he i am excited and i can't wait to see your rehab go get him um wwe i did not find this at all um amazing or or that people acted like this was a shock 
And I was like, how is this a shock? Have you heard what WWE has been doing for the last three years? Come on. Um, Kyrie Sane wanted to go home. She actually left for a while, got married, and her fiance stayed, or her husband stayed in Japan. She came back here and she wanted to go home. And WWE said, that's fine. You can go back. You're going to be our ambassador over there in WWE. You're going to do our promotions. If we can start traveling again, you're going to be over there and all that. Well, Stardom is doing a big show over there. And since Kyrie Sane is known over there, and they, and this is their biggest show in Japan ever. They wanted her to come in and wrestle for her, for, for them. And WWE said no. They blocked it. They said she is still under a WWE contract and she still has restrictions. Now, Stardom thought since they wouldn't be directly competing with WWE, then it would be okay. And they were actually going to have her go under her name that she used to go under when she wrestled in Japan. And WWE was like, um, definitely not. She's Kyrie Sane. And they pitched two different matches. One was a Royal Rumble, or a Battle Royal, I should say, with Legends Only. WWE said no to both. And they were just kind of shocked. And I was like, shouldn't be shocked. Now, I am going to start the Sammy Guevara story here. But I'm going to finish it in part two. So, Sammy Guevara was left in AEW as getting in Chris Jericho's face and saying, I'm done. Chris Jericho saying, what? And him saying, I told you, if one more thing happened, I'm done. I quit the inner circle. Well, he, as he was leaving, Alex Marvez hollers at him, and he says, leave me alone, I need to go find myself. So, Sammy Guevara was set to arrive in Impact Wrestling. And he was going to carry on that storyline of where he left off in the inner circle, AEW, that Wednesday night. However, it didn't work out. Now, it was reported that Chris Jericho was the one that actually put the angle together with Don Callis. And Jericho was a little upset because this made him look bad in the eyes of Impact Wrestling. Because when they got there, Sammy Guevara just rejected it. And 
it was at first reported that Impact Wrestling was pretty mad about it. But once they kind of explained the issue that Sammy had with the storyline, then Sammy pitched a couple ideas of his own, and Impact wouldn't agree to them. So they pulled Sammy. There's two different stories. One was that Jericho just told him to come on, to leave. And one was that Tony Khan told Impact Wrestling to to tell Sammy to just leave. But anyway, Sammy ended up leaving the tapings for Impact Wrestling. And he's going to likely remain off of AEW TV until the time comes for him to make his return. Because he said, I'm going to go off and find myself. And since he can't do that on Impact Wrestling because he burnt that bridge, basically, then they're just going to leave him off TV as he finds himself. Now, when he comes back, he will probably be a babyface, and he will probably feud with the inner circle. But we're going to go into, in part two, more about what was actually pitched to Sammy, why he said no, and what he pitched back. But that's all I got for you guys for right now. Like I said, this is part one. If you guys have any questions, comments, problems, or protests, make sure that you hit me up at wrestlingovertime at gmail.com. Or, as always, um, tweet me or uh, Facebook, Instagram, Wrestling Overtime. DMs are open for you guys to talk to me. And uh, I will be talking to you guys soon with a uh, SmackDown results and thoughts very very soon and i'll see you down the road shop on ebay this holiday season to get more for your dough on stand mixers Mm. or get more for your buck on this season's hottest tech and gaming gear and on ebay you can even get more (gasps) bling for less cha-ching on jewelry You can get more because you save more on premium brands with eBay's exclusive deals. Get more when you get it on eBay. This is Doug Maurice from the College Football Survivor Show. And if you care about the college football playoff, this is the podcast for you. My co-host Shahan Jeharaja and I have been debating the college football playoff since August. And now we're in the heart of the rankings debate. Every week, we welcome teams into our playoff discussion. We kick teams out of our playoff discussion. And we debate the best teams within context of each other. Where's the committee getting it right and getting it wrong? No one knows the playoff like us. Join us on the College Football Survivor Show.